blessing. I'm glad I can go to church and still feel his presence. Amen. And uh, no place like the house of God. And uh, I want to preach a few minutes this morning from the book of Luke. If you'll turn with us, Luke chapter number 9. And uh, we've heard, we've seen a lot, we've heard a lot on the news this past few days. And uh, I'm not dealing with that, but I do want to say something about it. And we know that we are in the last days. Amen. Uh, Jesus said, or in fact, Paul wrote this over in Second uh, Timothy chapter 3. He said, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And they're here, aren't they? For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. That pretty well describes where we're at today, doesn't it? Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. You talk about the pleasures of this world, and people, I'm talking about people go to church and get all excited about that. And not a lot of people excited about the things of God like they used to be. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. He said, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such, turn away. Amen. And we ought to reject that in this hour because we do know Jesus is coming. Amen. said in John 14 and verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, if it were not so. You know, I don't care what the liberals say about that verse. They say, well, that just means rooms. Well, I hope they get one when they get there. I hope God gives them, or I hope he's got an apartment complex for every liberal to live in for eternity's sake. Amen. And, uh, but you know what? You say, well, preacher, uh, you know the Greek. No, I don't, listen, I got an English Bible. I don't know Greek and Hebrew, but I know that King James Bible. And I know what it says. And Jesus said, if it were not so, I would have told you. Amen. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive it of myself that where I am, there you may be also. I don't know where, where all we're going, but we're going wherever he's going. Amen. That's what he told that thief on the cross. He said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said, today thou shalt be with me. We know he said in paradise, but for that thief, that was good enough. Amen. Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. I'm going where he's going. Amen. Thank God the Lord's coming back. Amen. First Thessalonians 4 and verse 11, Paul said, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. Amen. It's not my words, it's not Paul's words, it's God's word. Amen. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain in the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Isn't that a blessing? Amen. They're going to get up on resurrection morning. Amen. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise. First, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. We're going to meet our loved ones before we meet the Lord on resurrection morning. We'll be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words Jesus is coming again. Hebrews said, and yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and he will not tarry. I, I don't argue the point, but every time I hear people testify and say, well, you know, if the Lord tarries his coming, that verse always comes back to me. He's not going to tarry his coming. 
The Bible said he will not tarry. I mean, there's an appointed time. And he said the angels don't even know. No, no. He said, only my Father which art in heaven. Amen. But he said, but as the days of Noah were, and we're living in those days, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Amen. For in that day before the ark, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. He said, for two shall be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the meal, the one shall be taken and the other left. And he said, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this that if the good man of the house would have known in what watch the thief would have come, you know what he would have done? He would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. And Jesus said, Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. He's coming, isn't he? I believe he's coming. Jesus said, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's just like he prayed a few moments ago. If you're going to get in, you better get in this morning. Young or old, doesn't matter, middle age, you better get in this morning while you can get in because Jesus is coming. It's things winding out trumpet may sound at any moment. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, the twinkle of the night, the last trump. For the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. He said, For this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what we need to do as a church tonight, or this morning? He said, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. We don't need to compromise. We don't need to back up. We don't need to cool down. We don't need to get full of apathy. We need to be steadfast, unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord. This isn't a time to be a lazy Christian, amen? It's not a time to coast. It's not a time to, uh, to just, you know, kick back and relax. No, he said always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We're headed to the judgment seat, church. We know the Bible said in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that which he hath done, whether it be good or bad. I'm going to face God one of these days. You're going to face God one of these days. We're going to have to give an account for, for our words. Jesus said in Matthew chapter number 12, or, or chapter 24 and verse number, or chapter 12 and verse 36. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee that every idle word that man shall speak, he shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Everything, every word, we have to give account of our words. We have to give account of our wealth. The Bible said, He that soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly. He that soweth, soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. We're going to give an account at the judgment seat of our wealth. We're going to give an account of our works. The Bible said the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. The judgment seat, our works are going to be put in the fire. And then the Bible tells us that the watchman is going to give an account at the judgment seat. Hebrews chapter number 13 
talks about that watchman that watches for your soul. He's going to have to give an account. What kind of church member was he? What kind of church member was she? Were they faithful to church? Did they get, pay their tithes? Did they have a burden for souls? You say, preacher, it's not in there. Go home and read it. The Bible said it's not unprofitable for him, but it's unprofitable for you, for thee. Well, think about that. People that's caused trouble in the church going to give an account for it at the judgment seat. People that's voted a preacher out and ruined their life and ruined, his, ruined, ruined their home, ruined their children, they're going to give an account for it on judgment day. The Bible said, Touch not thine anointing, neither do thy profit any harm. You say that's talking about kings. It's talking about all God's anointed. Amen. I want to say you don't, you don't touch the anointed, do you? I don't want to put my lips to a man of God. I don't put my lips to, to even God's church. Amen. Jesus loved the church and he gave himself for it. If I hurt a brother, I'm going to have to give an account for it at the judgment seat of Christ. I was going to preach this message, but I just got these scriptures on my heart this morning. Hebrews chapter number 12. I think this is where we, where we ought to be at this morning. This verse really been heavy on my mind this morning. Hebrews chapter 12. I'll just read it to you. I, want, I don't want to misquote any of it this morning. There's one phrase that's just been on my mind this morning. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, and here it is, let us lay aside every weight. I wonder this morning what would be weighting me and you down. We think about Jesus coming. He's coming soon. Y'all believe that, don't you? He may come before we get back to church tonight. If you're lost, you need to get saved in this service because he might come before we get to the parking lot. You say, you're trying to scare me, and I'm trying to warn you this morning. He's soon coming, friend. The conditions are right. The, the circumstances are right. All the signs are pointing toward home. I think somebody said on a particular day in September, I heard somebody say something about that. Somebody made an announcement in September that Jesus was coming at this time on this day. Well, I don't know when he's coming, but I knew he wasn't coming right then. I mean, you could kick back for that 30 seconds probably. He sure wasn't coming at that moment. But I, don't, I know he's coming today. And if you're lost, you need to be saved. If you're backslid, you need to get right with God this morning. You need to come. You need to, if you're, and if you're, if you're saying, well, preacher, I, I'm, not, I'm not way out in sin, but is there something in your life you need to lay aside this morning? Lay, let, us, let us lay aside every. Weight. It, it may not be a sin, but it sure might be a weight in our life. It might be something that's holding us back, something that, that we've let come into our life and it's, and it's hindering us this morning. I was going to preach from Luke chapter 9, but I really feel like the Holy Spirit just leading me to say this this morning. He's coming, and as Christians, we need to live in the light of that coming, don't we? If Jesus was coming in the next two hours, you know what we would all be doing? We wouldn't be worried about the restaurant, wouldn't we? We wouldn't be worried about dinner on the table. We wouldn't, you know what we'd be doing? We probably wouldn't leave church if we knew Jesus was coming in the next two hours. You know what we'd probably do without an invitation? Now, I'm not trying to get you to the altar this morning. I want you to obey God, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Without an invitation, we'd probably come to the altar We'd probably stay as long as we needed to stay. 
We would probably do inventory. We'd say, Lord, search me. Let me lay aside every weight. We wouldn't be the cares and the affairs of this world. We wouldn't care who's winning the ball games. We wouldn't care, you know, we wouldn't care about hunting. We wouldn't care about fishing. We wouldn't care about all. And I'm not saying all them things are sin and of themselves, but we'd just lay all them weights aside, wouldn't we? We'd say it don't matter. The only thing that matters is he's coming and I'm headed to the judgment seat. It's still true today, isn't it? Wouldn't matter who'd hurt our feelings. Wouldn't matter who we're upset at. We'd lay aside every way. We'd be praying for our loved ones that are lost, that need to be saved. We might rush out the door and go to their house and try one last time to win them to Christ, to tell them Jesus is coming. Hey, we ought to live in light of that. Wouldn't be sleeping in the service, wouldn't be on our phone, wouldn't be bored in the service, wouldn't be wondering about when we're going to get out here. Oh, no, we'd be thinking about Jesus is coming, and I need to lay aside those weights, those things that are hindering my walk with God. Let us lay aside every weight and then the sin that so easily besets us. I think the besetting sin in all of our life is unbelief. Isn't that right? But I think there are many besetting sins. Sins, things that come. This is the way the flesh is. You know how the flesh is? We can make a sin out of anything. Because we can make a God out of anything. And when we make a God out of something, it it becomes a sin in our life. And we have to lay it aside. Anything that we become more passionate about. Anything that we love more than Him. Anything that robs us of our joy. Robs us of our our service for God. Anything that, that... our heart and it becomes a treasure in our life more than we treasure him then we need to lay that aside this morning so that God could use us I didn't intend to preach this this morning but I'm not sorry I did because I believe in the hour we're living in if the church ever needs to be awakened to the fact that he's coming we sang that this morning we sang that I like that old song don't you just any day now our Lord is coming If he came this morning, the moment, the twinkling of an eye, if he came this morning, it'd be better for all of us that are saved. But if you're here and you're lost, it wouldn't be good for you. You'd be left behind in them pews, lost without God. Brother Laddie, you said something this morning. It's been on my heart. I was back praying about it this morning. I I want to see, and I know I'm not the only one. I know every, every parent in here wants this. And I know every... Every church member wants this. I want to see all these children get saved, don't you? They're getting older. I'm not trying to put an age limit on when they get saved, but I don't want to see them just grow up in church and die lost and go to hell without God. And I'm, not, I'm careful not to put pressure on them. I want the Holy Spirit to deal with their life, but at the same time, I don't want to overlook that. If you're here and you're lost, you all get saved. You may be a teenager, you may be a young adult this morning. And you're not ready to meet God. You need to get ready this morning. You may be saying, well, I'm saved, but I'm not where I need to be at. You need to get right with God this morning. You don't need to go home the same way you came. Amen. If you're, if you're, if you're complacent in your Christian life, you need to come down this altar and do business with God. And we live in a church age when people say, well, you don't put so much pressure on people. I'll tell you, there's going to come a day when people are going to wish they had them old-fashioned preachers once again that just preached it like it was. Told it like it was. Amen. A preacher that loves you, he may get up and skin our hide, but it's not because he wants to do that. It's not because he wants to be mean. It's because he understands the hour. He knows the need. He knows the burden. And God puts that in a man of God's heart. He puts it in your heart. You can't preach nothing else, can you? You can preach a sugar stick, but if God ain't in it, 
All he did was send people home the same way they came. And this morning, I want to ask you this question as they get us a song ready. I, I want to ask you this question. Are you ready to meet God this morning? Are you saved? Simple invitation. Are you saved this morning? Have you laid aside those weights? Is there something holding you back? Something you've let in your life? Say, Brother Gravely, you've been there? Sure I have. But I thank God for the Holy Ghost that will point it out in my life and say, you know what, son? That don't need to be in your life. That's not good for you. That's not helping you. You need to put that on this altar and just forsake it this morning. Just get it out. Give it to God. I'm so glad you don't have to tell the preacher about it. You don't have to tell anybody, but you can tell the Lord about it. So I've been out of the God's will for a long time. Well, it's time you do something about it this morning. Not a guilt trip. Not coming because somebody makes you feel bad. Coming because you want to. You can't nobody make you live for God, but they can't nobody make you not live for God. It all comes down to desire this morning. What's in your heart? What's in your will this morning? I'll tell you, He's coming. He's coming. And I'm so glad somebody testified about it earlier. I'm so glad I don't have to worry about going to hell this morning. As we stand to our feet, maybe somebody here, you're not saved. Hey, why don't you get somebody by the hand? Maybe it's a mom or dad. Maybe it's another Christian. If you're lost this morning, why don't you get them by the hand and say, would you go to the altar with me? I want to be saved this morning. They'll pray with you. We'll pray with you. Be an easy time to get saved this morning. Church member, better make sure you got more than church membership. Make sure that you're born again this morning. You must be born again. Acts 4 and verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must. We must be saved. Are you saved this morning? Do you know Him? He's going to lead us in this song while folks are coming. You obey God this morning.